Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. Welcome to the Jennifer LeClaire Show. I'm interviewing some awesome guests and sharing personal insights along the way to stir your faith. Hope you enjoy it. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Well, hello out there in social media land. I am Jennifer LeClaire. You know me, Senior Leader of the Awakening House of Prayer, founder of the Ignite Network. I am so excited today to have Dr. Cindy Trim on this broadcast. She has been a woman of God whose ministry I have followed for many, many years. Her books, Life Changing. She just wrote a new book uh, that is uh, just a, a sort of a, almost like a part two to Command Your Morning. We're going to talk a little bit about that today, but we also have come together to share with you and, uh, you know, just a couple of friends just talking and letting you in on our conversation. So listen up and listen in. You know, Dr. Cindy Trim, she is an internationally recognized voice. Uh, she is a prayer warrior galore. You know, there's this particular YouTube video that she has that every time I get in heavy warfare, I put it on. And you got to do it too. Go follow her ministry everywhere she is. I want to let her introduce herself as well. Dr. Cindy Trim, welcome to my broadcast. Thank you so much. And it's great to be here. It's a great day on planet Earth. And I can't think of a better person to spend my lunchtime with just chatting and talking and being a blessing to those that are listening. Awesome. 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 So your uh, new book, uh, tell me just quickly, what inspired you to write this new book? Um, I wrote Commending Your Morning, um, which was about the power of declarations a number of years ago, and um, a number of people were asking for the sequel. So I sat on it for years and years, just praying about it, and and then wanting to get a, a not only a dynamic, but um, a, a title for this particular book and a direction for this particular book to become the sequel. 
And um, just a, a number of years ago, maybe two years ago, um, I was traveling and the Holy Spirit just whispered in my ear, hello, tomorrow. Ah. And, um, I thought this will be an amazing sequel. I was reading from out of the book of Second Kings, chapter seven, Elijah prophesied tomorrow about this time. And he was calling out tomorrow through the power of the spoken word and he used prophecy to do it and he saw what an entire nation what a government did not see could not see for the nation he was able to see it and then he was able to call it forth and so you know a day before 24 hours before he was able to speak to the tomorrow um, based on what God had downloaded in his spirit for that particular nation. And the Holy Spirit said to me, you know, if one man could change the trajectory of a nation, then you can also change the trajectory of your life by saying hello tomorrow. And he began to talk to me about the power of vision. And uh, that's how it all started, you know, with with the sequel. So it's a it's going to be a trilogy Three books, The Menu of Morning, Hello Tomorrow, and then Goodbye Yesterday. Oh, that's awesome because the past has so many people in bondage. I mean, the past is really something where, you know, I just had a vision one time and it was people that were just wrapped in, in change, wrapped in cords, and they were unable to move forward because they were stuck in the past. And I always remember my grandmother, when I was very little, would read me the story of when Lot and his family left Sodom and Gomorrah and she looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. So I'm already excited about the sequel. <laughs> That's right. You know, I tell people all the time, uh, yesterday has nothing new to say to you, but tomorrow does. And it's best to call out to your tomorrow and, you know, be able to change your history by rewriting your destiny. And that's where vision comes to pass. And this is what happened to Habakkuk. I think people are depressed nowadays. And there's a lot of depression because people can't see their way out of a circumstance. So they keep, you know, repeating yesterday. There's a cycle. But I believe that your next year doesn't have to look like any like your last year once you have a vision. And this is what happened to Habakkuk. Um, you know, if you read the book, chapter one, he's complaining to God and he's asking God, do you know what's really happening and why are these things happening? And he presents his complaints to God and he questions whether God is aware of it. And in the second um, chapter, God uh, answers him at, with a very interesting statement. He said, look, why don't you uh, write the vision, make it plain or redirect your focus? You can focus on the problem or the promise. So your vision, the vision actually redirects your focus, you know, and I always say that your feet can never take you where your mind has never been and wherever your energy goes, your your life flows or whatever wherever your mind goes your energy flows so you you either going to be praying about the problem or praying about the promise mm. and this is the power of vision vision is coming attractions um i like going to the movies 
Mm-hmm. I don't like just the feature. What really excites me is the coming attractions. Mm-hmm. Because then I can set up my calendar accordingly. So I get really excited. And if I ever miss the coming attractions, then I feel like I missed the whole movie. And this is what happens with our lives. You know, if you don't have a vision, you miss the coming attraction. You miss wow. what God has in store for you and you cannot adjust your life accordingly because a vision is a behavior adjuster. It's uh, it's a uh, GPS, you know, it, it gives you the ability to adjust where you place your feet, where you place your time, where you place your energy. So a vision is a life adjuster, a lifestyle adjuster. And it gives you enough time to determine whether what you're doing now is going to get you where you want to be or further away from where mm-hmm. you want to be. You know, and that this is such an important topic, especially at this time of the year where people, you know, this time of year every year is when I reflect on where I've come, you know, how far I've come, what goals did I set early in the year? Did I meet those goals? What goals do I have for the next year? And, and you know, without a vision, the people perish, of course, but without a vision, we, we, we just wander around the mountain. You know, even the Israelites, they had a vision to go to the promised land, but somehow they ended up wandering in the wilderness. I don't think their vision was as strong. They kept wanting to look back to Egypt. Every time there was a problem, they wanted to look back to Egypt mm-hmm. instead of moving forward. And so the Lord just yeah. showed me that while I was talking, but this is, this is a very strategic time. Now, did you sort of, I know there's been some things in my life where, I was doing them intuitively, and later on, I learned language for it. I imagine that you've always been a person of great vision. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, Vision is a discipline. Um, Just like prayer is a discipline, worship is a discipline, praise is a discipline, giving is a discipline, vision is a discipline too. Um, When we go into prayer, a lot of times we take our prayer agenda and what we need, and we never take the time to listen to God. And if you understand how to listen, listening is is a discipline uh, that requires the activation of imagination and also uh, the activation of meditation. Both of them require listening. And when a person speaks, we don't we don't just hear the words. We see the words. Yeah, we don't think in words, we think in pictures. So when God said, I know the thoughts I think towards you, as you're praying, take 30 minutes a day, practicing, listening to what God is giving you as a solution, as an answer. And he'll often download it just as a spark of inspiration, or even as you go through your day, you have not only sparks of inspiration, but you have daydreaming. Like, you know, I remember growing up, I grew up in abject poverty and I remember just daydreaming um, and my mom calling me out of a daydream and I had gone on a long mental trip. But I believe that's when God was harnessing the power of imagination and downloading his thoughts, you know, in my mind, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. He was downloading those thoughts into my mind. And I remember sitting um, with my guidance counselor. I was 12. And she said, Cindy, what do you want to do with your life? And I remember saying, I don't know, but all I know is I'm going to have a lot of secretaries and and language is contextual. Mm 
So I'm going to have a lot of secretaries. I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to have the companies. I'm going to create this. And she thought that, you know, well, let's look at a profession. What profession is that? <laughs> and I didn't have the articulation for what I was seeing. All I knew is I had these snippets. And this was God actually speaking to me, giving me a vision for where I am now. Today, I have a lot of secretaries, I, AKI, employees, mm-hmm. and they're employees around the world, Sri Lanka, Bermuda, London, all over the United States of America. But a lot of times we downplay uh, the power of imagination. We downplay the power of vision. We teach our children to ignore those um, uh, sound bites that, that God is downloading in their spirit by way of vision. And these vision could be just sparks of inspiration. I didn't know why I wanted to do what I was doing. All I know is that God took the vision mixed it with a desire and God gives you the desire to desire the desire when you desire is the desire he gave you to desire. He gives you the desires of your heart. So he downloaded, he mixed it, he braided it together with spirituality, with salvation. And um, the greatest decision that I ever made was to become a Christian. Christianity Mm -hmm. is my life strategy. And so mixed with, you know, Christianity and then prayer, God was able to lead me even with promptings, prophetic promptings, stirrings. Sometimes I I did things I didn't have the explanation for, but eventually I learned the power of purpose and that purpose drives vision, vision drives goals, goals drives your daily activities, your daily activities, your lifestyle and your lifestyle and your destiny. So that came as a result of spiritual maturation. Wow, wow, wow. That is, but that that's so rich and it's so deep. And I encourage everyone, first of all, pick up the book, Hello Tomorrow. Secondly, watch this video a second time because this there's just so much here. I, I want to address this issue of imagination because there are so many believers who are afraid to tap into. An imagination because the new age movement is sort of hijacked that, but the, but the Lord, he gave us an imagination and it's okay to see yourself prosperous or to see yourself healed because God calls us these things. So how would you, or what would you say to the believer who's a little nervous because they don't want to get off into this whole new age thing with the imaginations? Well, your, your imagination is not just imagining things is not running wild. The first thing that I would instruct people to do is to begin to digest the word of God. Um, Once you digest the word of God, the word of God becomes your compass. You know, knowing what God has for you, knowing how God speaks to you. I think people end up in new age because what they're doing is not grounded in the word of God. And so my first instruction to everyone is to ground yourself in the word of God. And once you're grounded in the word of God, God's word is his will. And one of the things that God said in Genesis six and five, he said that 
he was able to see the wickedness of man and how great it was on the earth. And every imagination of thoughts of his heart was only evil continuously. So that that's basically uh, what people were, were, were meditating on. They were not meditating on God's word. They were um, meditating on uh, the evilness that was around them. And whatever you focus on fuels your future. And so a lot of times I think we um, are afraid of the very thing that God gave us. Um, and he gave us the ability to e- imagine. And, and he says in in, in um, Genesis chapter 11, anything that they have imagined to do, the Bible said that they're, that we're going to be able to accomplish it. So this is Genesis 11, just a couple of chapters later. He saw the people, they were one language. And he said, now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. So if we harness our imagination and, uh, you know, allow the Holy Spirit to become the empire of our soul by using the word of God to filter our thoughts through. A lot of times we take the word of God and we filter our, our, we filter it through our thoughts, but instead take your thoughts, filter it through the word of God. And if it's in alignment with God's word, it's going to be in alignment with his will. And then we should be able to pursue not only the will of God, but the purpose and the plan of God that he originally had for us as as believers. And then once we we understand that everything in the universe is driven by vision, all of man's accomplishments, every uh, breakthrough, every monopoly, every creation from the clothes we wear, the shoes to the churches we build, to the seats that we live in, to how we we um publish the bible, all of that came from imagination. Someone used their imagination, created a vision, and determined how we can push humanity forward. We are driving cars because Henry Ford determined that we don't just need horses, we need horsepower. Mm. And his ability, the airplanes, the Wright brothers, we are able to fly to Africa as missionaries. We're able to fly to um, university. We're able to fly to churches and summits and, you know, uh, revivals because of someone's imagination. Someone said we can do better and live better. And then they had either the faith or the boldness to believe that what they were imagining could become a reality. Wow, 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 wow. That is so good. Let's talk about this. And again, we're talking about the book, Hello Tomorrow, here with Dr. Cindy Tram. Listen, there's this whole issue of the comfort zone. And I know that God has had to stretch me a number of times. When I resigned as the first ever female editor of Charisma Magazine, God was stretching me. I had a good income. I had a lot of influence in the media because of that positioning. But the Lord at some point said, no, it's time to go. And I had to stretch myself. Okay, what am I going to do? I had to learn to trust God. You know, comfort zone and vision, it almost always brings us out, right? The, The vision of God will almost always bring us out of where we're comfortable and into that place where we have to trust him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, just looking through the Bible and how God uh, really spoke to a number of people. He spoke to Jacob through a vision. He spoke to Joseph. I mean, you know, Jesus was protected in Egypt because God spoke 
to his stepfather, Joseph, take him out. And it came as a result of a dream and a dream is a night vision. And so we should not underestimate the power of God to get us from point A to point B through vision. Um, and it's not just about uh, seeing your future, but seeing yourself in the future. God came to Abraham in a vision and and said to him, L- listen, you know, he was complaining, God, you promised that I would have this child, uh, but I don't have a child. And the only thing that I see that can carry on my legacy is Eliezer. And God took him outside of the tent, pointed him towards the sky and said, I want you to see the stars as faces. Mm-hmm. And if you could number those stars, this is God. Um, showing him how to harness his imagination and see future possibilities, you know, and that's what we have to do. We talk about maximizing potential, but yet we sit in, in, in a place of comfort. And the people who are stretched that do great things in this world are people to do it in the midst and in spite of uncomfortableness. Mm-hmm. When you're uncomfortable, you have to rely on God. When you're comfortable, you rely on gifts, you rely on talent, you rely on the people around you. Mm-hmm. But if you want to see a person of faith, put them in the unfamiliar and in an uncomfortable position, and you'll see that person develop prayer muscles, and they will also develop faith. Faith Mm -hmm. is not developed in comfort. It's developed in the uncomfortable and the unfamiliar. You have to trust God. And this is where, you know, the greatest challenge of the church is not to convert sinners to Christians, is to convert Christians into believers. Wow. That is so good because what I've come across in my years with the Lord is I see a lot of what I call unbelieving believers. You know, yeah. they're, they're yeah. Christians. They believe in God, but they, they believe they're saved. But that's about where it ends. They don't have enough faith to, uh, you know, pray in the money for the light bill. Or And I'm not picking on people, but this comes by experience with God receiving his love. Uh, you know, and, and but, you know, there there is... There is warfare. And I know that over the years, you know, people will look at you and they'll say, well, look how far she has gone, how high she has ascended. Look how profound she is. Look how much of the word is in her. And they may look at you and say, well, that's easy for her. She's Dr. Cindy Trim. But, but I know that you must have had challenges that came against you, warfare that came against you. How did you navigate the opposition to your vision? There's so much. I mean, you know, there's so much different um categories of warfare, because a lot of times when we think of warfare, we just think of the devil and him Mm -hmm. fighting us and and that's it. But um, warfare, spiritual warfare is the counsel of the human mind by any other spirit other than the spirit of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And you see this in Matthew chapter four, um, where Jesus is, is being tempted of, he was led by the spirit, into the wilderness. He was not led by the devil. The spirit of God led him there. And then we see how he was attacked. And a lot of people think that the devil came with red horns, a red trench coat with a red face. That's not how he came. He came through just a thought. And the highest form of warfare is when we recognize that we are fighting a battle with our own thoughts. And what the the enemy does, he uses 
emotions, he uses feelings, he uses past memories, he uses culture, he uses family, he uses friends, and there are many, many different types of warfare. And he even uses yesterday's success. Mm. Because a lot of people try to repeat what what, uh, God did for them yesterday. God said, behold, I do a new thing. So we try to repeat old successes. And all of this is a part of spiritual warfare. So I I went through a series of, of warfare where I finally had to recognize that the greatest warfare that I was fighting was with my own thoughts and that I had to allow God to re, re, refire or refire my brain. Um, it became mind of a matter because um, the Bible says that we're being renewed in the spirit of our mind. Our mind is not our brain, but the the, the mind is really uh, the brain in action. So, you know, um, if the enemy is going to fight you, his warfare, uh, the Bible calls it wiles of the devil. And uh, and then uh, Paul talks about strongholds. And these are mental models that were created through either education or socialization, how you brought up or acculturation, the culture that you lived in that shaped and formed through education. And so once you get all those elements, you have a mindset and then you have a paradigm. So what God will do is keep bombarding your paradigm with truth. And this truth is his word. So you have to be a student of the word of God. You've got to study the word day and night. You've got to meditate on it. You've got to make this as important as the next breath that you breathe. Because little by little, the strongholds are broken. Think of a rock formation. And then Mm -hmm. you're in a stronghold. A stronghold is what happens in your mind. So let me just make it practical. I grew up in poverty. So I thought that if I got a good job and got a good salary and I had uh, degrees and a good education, the spirit of poverty would, would be broken. But it wasn't broken because of education. It wasn't broken because of money. It wasn't broken because of a degree. None of that broke the spirit of poverty. What broke the spirit of poverty was when God showed me and I began to realize this and it became a personal discipline and a personal conviction. And that was the power of the seed. So when uh, a revelation became my rhema, so revelation is insight into the word of God, which gives you understanding for practical application. But a rhema word is when you embrace the practical application as a lifestyle. So now planting seeds became a lifestyle. And as a result of that, the spirit of poverty was broken. So I'm just giving you one example of how spiritual warfare works. Is the counsel of the human mind by any other spirit. And the spirits can come from many different sources. Think of a spirit as even an attitude. Think of a spirit of even as an emotion. For instance, people have fear. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of rejection. They're afraid of, you know, of failing. They have a lot of fears. Now, the Bible said God is not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power, love and soundness of mind. 
So that means that when I'm afraid or you're afraid or someone else is afraid, it means that they have taken counsel from the spirit of fear. And if it's, if they sit with that fear long enough, then that the personality uh, and temperament of that spirit wraps itself around our temperament and our spirit until we believe that that's our feeling and that is our emotion when in fact it is not. Mm, that is so good. That's right. And that's the deception. But the word of God brings the entrance of light. So if you meditate on the word, but I guess the first step is like what you're saying is recognizing the seed of the enemy so that we can plant the seed of the word in our hearts. And we're talking about seed time harps with relation to finances, but you know, the, the seed of God or the word of God will always push out the darkness, but we have to do the yes, work. Yes. Yes. You know, and even God talks about it in Matthew chapter 13. He said, the word of God is like a seed. Mm -hmm. And so if we understand that God plants his word like a seed and it has to be warded, it has to be cultivated, you know, and but at the same time, the enemy plants his seeds, seeds of doubt, seeds of fear. And it's usually attached to a vision. It's Mm. It's attached to where people see themselves in the same state or God can show you how things could be different, but then he has to back you up to where you are right now. You cannot start where you're not. You've got to start with where you are. And so I had to start with where I was, you know, I was poor, you know, I didn't have a name. I didn't have a father. And I, that's not something that I cry over because what the enemy meant for bad, God meant it for good. Now, I totally rely on God as my heavenly father. That's that that's the thing that I protect. I didn't have one in the natural, but I had one in the spiritual or I didn't know him in the natural. But I do have a spiritual father. That's number one. But I had to accept where I was. God cannot take you to your next until you know where you are. And that's Mm -hmm. where integrity comes. Where are you? Cindy, where are you? This is where God, the first question that God asks Adam, Adam, where are you? Wow. It wasn't a question of him providing information to an all-knowing God. He just wanted to know, do you know where you are? Yes. To help you to get from where you are if you have integrity. And this is what integrity is all about. Integrity has nothing to do with me lying to you. Integrity is me lying to myself. So where are you? Where are you emotionally? Where are you spiritually? We like to blame everything on the devil, on people, on our parents. We have to take 100% responsibility for where we are. And this is where I call the wrestle, the Jacob wrestle, where God was showing Jacob, Jacob, you, you listen, never allow who you are today, sabotage who you have the potential to be tomorrow. Mm. And that's the J- Jacob syndrome. You know, you have to go before God and you have to wrestle before God with integrity. So God could transform you from a Jacob into an Israel if you just embrace 100 percent responsibility for as an adult for where you are today. Could things be the way they are because you are the way you are? What one thing can you change that can change everything? 
You could change your mind about being a victim. You are not a victim of circumstances. You are more than a conqueror. I am not a victim. I wasn't responsible for what my parents did. So I never took it on as a burden. That's not my responsibility. And I'm so grateful to be born. My dad gave me everything I needed at birth. And everything was downloaded into my DNA at birth. And so I'm grateful. And so where people might see how I was you know, brought up in the poverty as something that's sad, I see it as a blessing. And the reason why I see it as a blessing, because I had to rely on God. Mm. I had to own my skills. I had to learn business. I started my first business at eight. Wow. I've been re- financially responsible for myself since I was eight years old. So where someone would say, oh, I'm sorry, and it was pity, I don't see it as a pity. I see it as a blessing. So poverty for me might have been seen as a curse, but it wasn't. For me, it was a blessing because it made me go in and pull out the gifts and talents. It, It gave me an intimate relationship with God. And so where people are today, they don't ever have to see themselves as a a victim of circumstance. You're not. You are more than a conqueror. And in this book, I, I in the book, Hello Tomorrow, I teach people, look, you are neither a creature of circumstance or a, a, a creation of circumstance. You're not. You are the creator of circumstance, mm. but not a creation or a creature. You're a creation of God. And so your circumstances can change over time. Where I ended up today, I can look back the day that I was saved at 17 and all of the steps that I took, it was always based on the word of God and the prompting of God. And where I am today seemed like at 17, you know, when you talk about 40, 50, 60, that seems so far away. But eventually something explodes. It's the law of cumulative effects. Whatever you do on a daily basis, eventually you succeed in it. So start where you are. Trust God because he's going to get you from point A to point B. And 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 you've got to write a vision. And if you can see 20 years from now, I see far into the future. I see where the world is going to be 20 years from now, 30 years from now. But I also see where my life is going to be 20 years from now. And I've written that vision. And guess what? This is my second 20-year vision. And everything that I wrote on my first vision came to pass. Wow. Everything. One of them took 23 years, and that was my marriage. So I just got married in October um, in a palace in London, England. Henry yes. So I just got married, but that was a part of my ministry. Wait, wait on the Lord. Be a good courage. You are not diminished in waiting. Just like a pregnant woman is not diminished when she is waiting for nine months. Neither are you. When you wait on the Lord, waiting on the Lord simply means that you are taking an active, not a passive, but an active engagement in the plan of God. And eventually it explodes. That's so good. That's so good. I could tell stories, but I'm not going to. I want to ask you one more question. I value your time. I see in the body of Christ right now some people who have, well, they're striving. So they have a vision. 
and, and I've been calling it the Nimrod spirit because they're building their own kingdom. You know, we can build our own kingdom in a business and our family, you know, that spirit of, you know, doing it apart from God, you know, you can have a vision from God and strive without God. So how do we guard ourselves from, and I know the answer and I, I, I've, I've mastered this. I believe in my life. I don't strive. I wait on the Lord, but, but there's so many people that they'll hear a message like this. And they'll get in the flesh about it or get into works about it or get into performance about it or get into striving about it instead of understanding the spirit of what you're saying, which is trust the Lord, wait on the Lord, do your daily discipline. So how do they guard themselves from that? I think you, there's two aspects um, to your questions. And, and I love your question. It's just a very profound question. Uh, faith without works is dead. Mm. So this is one aspect. But what are you working at? What are you working for? That's important. If your actions and activities is not attached to your purpose, your why for being here, if it's not attached to that, then um, you can make significant contributions to pushing industries forward, pushing um, humanity forward, and you can make significant contributions. And we can see it even with unsaved people who don't know the Lord. Mm -hmm. So we can see that, but where is the balance for the Christian? We have an opportunity to do it to the glory of God, to point people, humanity back to, to our creator, to our heavenly father, which is different from what a non-believer does. So I believe that both believers and non-believers can have a vision for, from God. You see it with Cyrus. You see it even with Nebuchadnezzar. God gave him a vision and he was able to see straight like uh, the Greeks coming in as a superpower, the Romans coming in as a superpower. It was recognized as the golden kingdom, the silver kingdom. He was able to see and he was a non-believer. And I, and I often say if God could give a person like Nebuchadnezzar a vision that showed him how humanity would unfold can you imagine what God can give to us as believers if we would just discipline ourselves? Mm -hmm. And so there are both ends of the continuum. There are people who say God has something for me to do, but I'm waiting on him and they never do anything mm -hmm. towards bringing that to pass. And then you have the, on the other end of the continuum, people building their own kingdom, but not to the glory of God. So they're doing great works and they're doing great things but it's at the expense of taking the glory away from God. Um, and we see back with Nebuchadnezzar what happened to him. He did great works, but he eventually lost his mind and, um, you know, and, and lost control of his mind. So we don't want to lose anything in the process and the way that you keep centered. And this goes takes you all the way back um, to why you're doing what you're doing. Is it to make a positive impact in your industry community and, and, and find, find your space in the unfolding of God's plan for humanity? Or is it to take the glory from God, to be able to say, you know, I did it myself and, um, and, and take that glory. So I think the motivation is just as important as the vision. Amen. That is so, so good. We've been talking about the book, Hello Tomorrow. You've got to get your copy. Get it on Amazon. I'm sure you can get it on Dr. Cindy Trim's website as well. 
Uh, Dr. Cindy, is there anything else that you want to mention, something else you'd like believers to take away from the book? Anything you want to talk about that's coming up? Yeah, definitely. The The book is a very practical book. It talks about vision from a biblical perspective. It gives you the 12 areas to write your vision in. That's chapter eight. Uh, it's just a good read. And um, those individuals that are looking to start the year off strong, um, they need to get that book. Secondly, and we're going to be talking about it in And Your Year Strong coming up uh, this 7th and the 8th of December in Atlanta, Georgia. And they can visit us at cindytrimministries.org and um, just Google it, And Your Year Strong. And you don't just have to end your year strong. You could start your year with the same strength you ended it with because your strength doesn't have to um, wane. So we have uh, Bill Winston that's going to be there. Todd Del- Delaney is going to be doing a night of extravagant uh, worship on the Saturday night. And we've got speakers and workshops, and it's going to be just fantastic all day. And there's still space that's there. So uh, grab a copy of your book. And I'm encouraging everyone to start a, a book club. Find five people. Start your book club. Go through the book with those five people. And the reason why I I talk to people about finding the five people um, and doing the book club with them because um, of the power of association and the power of association says the five people closest to you are prophesying your future. So if the five people closest to you pray, you're going to be the six. If the five people closest to you are backslidden, you're going to be the six. If the five people closest to you trust God, you're going to be the six. If the five people closest to you compromise, you're going to be the six. If the five people closest to you are wealthy, you're sure to be the six. Wow, that is so good. And that is so true. That's why I've been careful who I surround myself with. And I'm so honored to have surrounded myself with you today. (laughs) Praise God and all the people watching and all the people that will watch this replay. We bless you. Please, please, please get your copy of this book. Hello tomorrow. Go follow Dr. Cindy on Instagram. She's got a tremendous Instagram page as well. It's one of my favorites. And stay tuned because we'll be doing more cool stuff. God bless you all. God bless you, Dr. Cindy. Thank you for being Thank with me. Thank you so me. much for having, for having me. God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can visit me online at jenniferleclair.org or so into Operation Liberation, our missions arm at jenniferleclair.org slash missions. gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seers ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family.
This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.